In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As those, you, those of you who know me know, I don't exactly have ADD. I have AD, ooh, squirrel. <laughs> you know, you know I, I, my, my brain tends to always be jumping to the next connection, and I'm, that's just the way, you know, I've got that classic ADD. Everything is lots of lights and pretty things. I'm always distracted by the corner of my eye. So, um, so sometimes I just like to turn my brain off. Um, which usually my brain's working, there's not a lot going on up there anyway, but I like to turn my brain off sometimes. One of, the, one of the things I like to do to turn my brain off is to go eat a very nutritious lunch at Cinco de Mayo, um, <laughs> you know, and eat, I, you know, the, the chips are free, so eat as many as you want. I take that literally, so I, you know, and I like to just sit there eating my sauce and chips, eating my, my burrito El Morial, um, and I'll watch these just stupid, mindless YouTube videos. I'll put my AirPods on. Some of you probably ran into me at Cinco wearing my AirPods, watching YouTube. Just Marvel stuff, Star Wars stuff, stuff like that. You know, I just like all that. Just turn my brain off, watch it. It's fun. It's great. But there's, there's a channel I've been watching recently. It's called Hacksmith. And here's what's cool about this thing. This guy... He has way too much time on his hands, too much sponsorship, and too much money. Because he likes to take these sci-fi, Star Wars things and make them into real life. He made a lightsaber. He made a sure enough lightsaber that basically it's a propane fire that's attached to his back with a battery, which seems like a really good planning. Um, 
And it gets up to like 4,000 degrees. And like, but he can, he can like melt a door. Like he can do like in the Star Wars movies where they shoot the lightsaber in a door and he can melt it. It's, it's amazing. Like I'm thinking, first off, wow. Secondly, it's a miracle and by the grace of God you didn't die because you've got propane, fire, and a battery all connected to your back, which seems like a death wish. I mean, but it's pretty cool to see this guy take the science fiction idea that there's no way, there's no way you could take this concept that's in the clouds and in the sci-fi and out there in the ether and make it real, make it practical, make it something you can actually put on YouTube and watch. And some dummy's going to try to copy it. Not me, but some dummy's going to, well, I wish if I had the money and the ability, I'd try. But, you know, somebody's going to try to do it. It's pretty cool to see this concept go from a concept in the movies to something pretty real. We read the Gospels. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And each of them give a little bit different perspective on the Christmas story. Now, if you read Mark, which we've been doing in our Rooted in Christ, Mark doesn't even have Christmas. Mark starts his gospel, jumps right to John the Baptist. He doesn't even really deal with Christmas. Matthew and Luke are the Christmas stories we're most familiar with. Luke, of course, is the beautiful one that we read every year. Luke is the, is the beautiful story that we're so familiar with. You know, we know that one, and it's so beautiful. Matthew, so Luke kind of gives us the Christmas story from kind of Mary's perspective. But then when we read Matthew, we kind of get the Christmas story from Joseph's perspective. Matthew's where we see Joseph. You know, the angel comes to Joseph and tells, tells him to, to marry Mary. And Joseph, uh, Matthew's where we have the wise men that come. Those are really cool. You're really, it's really cool to read Luke and Matthew together because then you really get, you get Mary's perspective and Joseph's perspective. And it's really cool. My favorite Christmas account, though, is John's. John's Christmas story is my favorite. I'm going to read to you just the first five verses of John, first of John chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. Because this is my favorite Christmas story. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. Without him, not one thing came into being. What is coming to being in him was life, and that life was the light to all people. The light shines the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That's my favorite Christmas story. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the very essence of who God is. The second person of the Trinity. In the beginning was the Word. And nothing has been made that was not made through him. All things were made by him, for him, and through him. Colossians tells us he is the visible image of the invisible God. And all things hold together through him. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. This massive God... The Old Testament, we see Moses go up on the mountain. And the the scripture tells us that the God passed by Moses. And Moses only saw the backside of God's glory. When Moses came off the mountain, his face was glowing. 
And they had to put a veil over Moses' face for 30 days because of the glory of God. In the beginning was the Word, the very power and and strength and might and ability of who God is in Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. But the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This God who is so big and so mighty and so strong and so powerful and so uncomprehendable and this God who our minds can't even fathom, this God that's out there, put on flesh and dwelt among us. This God who is so great and so grand that our minds can't fathom. Colossians in Ephesians says, that we may know this love that surpasses knowledge. God's love is so great that our minds can't even fathom it. This God that's so huge put on flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The great temptation of our faith Sometimes is to view it like Star Wars, without lightsabers, I guess. It's a concept out there that we read about in church. We hear the stories. We see the beautiful symbology and the lights and all the stuff that's beautiful. And we read the scriptures and we sing the songs and we feel the spirit and we're moved by it. It is powerful and beautiful. But y'all, that's not the miracle of Christmas. As beautiful as the tree is, and as as powerful as the the light is, and as moving as communion is going to be in just a moment, that's not the miracle of Christmas. The miracle of Christmas is that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is not a concept we ponder. He is a Savior we know. And that our faith is not simply simply out there in the ether. Our faith is not simply a concept for theologians to think about. Our, Our faith is not simply a subject for authors to write about. Our faith is not simply a a lyric for musicians to sing. But our faith is something real because Jesus Christ is someone real. And he became tangible and touchable and knowable. Not because we're perfect. Not because we've got it all figured out. Not because we're spotless and clean and all that. No, no, no. This is not a, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is not about who looks the prettiest. Because obviously me and Tim would win if that was a contest. Particularly my cat jacket that some of you all have seen. It's not about who knows the most. It's not about who can quote the most scripture. It's not about who goes to church the most, but it is about the fact that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and that we can know. We can know. We can experience. We can be transformed and we can be changed by it. And this Jesus Christ that was born as a babe in Bethlehem comes to us through the Holy Spirit in our worst moments 
comes to us in our hardest moments, comes to us in our most trying moments, when we're grief-stricken, when we're lonely, when we're afraid, when we're angry, when we're tempted, when we're whatever. The miracle of Christmas was not that a babe was born 2,000 years ago. The miracle of Christmas is that a Savior comes to us repeatedly every day. Christmas was not a thing that happened years ago, but through the incarnation and through the Holy Spirit, Christmas comes anew each day. When Emmanuel, God with us, is new to us each day. Not because we're perfect, because we've earned it, but because he is the Logos of God the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's what Christmas is, y'all. In our, in our Advent season, we've talked about recapturing, recapturing hope, peace, joy, love, recapturing these things. And what does it mean like in the midst of a crazy world we find ourselves to have joy and peace and love and hope? And what we find over and over and over and over again is that these concepts, these concepts, they're not tangible. They're out there in the clouds. But what is tangible? That's Jesus Christ. We know him. We walk with him. We talk with him. He comes to us through the reading of Scripture. He comes to us through worship. He comes to us through communion. He comes to us through the church. He comes to us through service. He comes over and over and over and over again each day. We just got to have the eyes to see, y'all. We got to have the eyes to see. One of my favorite characters in the Christmas story are the wise men. I used to... I used to, I hope you all pay attention to our moving nativity. You'll see the wise men show up tomorrow. I used to, when I was a lot younger and a lot more ornery, if you had me over to your house during the Christmas season and you had your wise men out, I'd hide them from you. I'd hide them. And I'd say, no, 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 the Bible says the wise men don't get there till later. So I would hide them. And I used to always fuss at my church, my first little Delta church about this. So one year they got tired of me fussing. So my last year I was there. What they did, they have a nativity scene up front. The last year I was there, on the, on the first Sunday of Advent, they put the wise men in the very back of the church. And every Sunday, they moved closer and closer and closer until they finally got there at Epiphany. I want to say they were being theological, but I think they were just, they were just trying to get me to shut up for what I think they were doing. I love the wise men. Because when you see in Matthew's gospel, the wise men, you see, one, you see the wise men go to Herod. And Herod calls his religious scholars and says, hey, where's this Jesus to be born, the Savior to be born? And they say, oh, in Bethlehem. Herod's religious guys, they knew where the Savior was going to be born. They knew everything about it. They, under, they knew all that. But they weren't looking. So they missed him. These Gentile wise men, they were looking. And they saw. Y'all, the miracle of Christmas happens every day. It happens every day of our life. Over and over and over and over and over again, Jesus comes to us. Through all the ways he's given us, 
through each other, through the church, through scripture, through prayer, through communion, through the means of grace, through the sacraments. He comes to us over and over and over again. So Christmas is not just tomorrow. Christmas is every day because every day the Lord comes anew into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We just need the grace to see and the ears to hear and the heart to receive. So yeah, tomorrow's Christmas, y'all. Your kids are going to get all jacked up on sugar and just rampage and it's going to be glorious. And you grandparents are going to love it because the grandkids are going to come fired up full of sugar and then they're going to go back home. And that is not your problem. I love to give other people's children candy. It's great. And Christmas will come tomorrow. But Christmas will also come on the 26th and the 27th and the 28th. Christmas will come on April 15th when we've got to pay our taxes and grumble. Christmas will come when we're stuck in traffic and we're getting a little ornery. Christmas will come for some of you men who have to go Christmas shopping after service tonight. Christmas will come over and over and over again because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ always comes. May we have the grace, the ears, and the eyes to know him and the heart to receive him and the hands to serve him. May we always be a Christmas people. Let us pray.